The amazing time we've been having over this weekend and last weekend is pretty amazing, wouldn't you say? So I'm going to welcome Apostle Seth Fawcett. Or is Michael going to get up and do something? You're going to jump up. You want the microphone? You sure? Go on then. Okay, I'm good. I'm good. You're good? I'm good, yeah. I'm good. Good. Thank you, Ross. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Well, um, Seth um, volunteered me tonight, <laughs> just for a little bit. Um, there's a prophetic environment right now, and um, so I choose to step into that. Uh, mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Um, uh, Rowan, I feel like the Lord's calling you out tonight. Um, do you mind standing up? I, I just feel like the Lord. Um, yeah, awesome. I feel like the, the Lord's saying that you, you are going at a call, that there is a call that you're going to, and you're going to build something great for God. You've got a apostolic anointing, an anointing for breakthrough, an anointing to lead. Um, but not only that, the, the leaders that you will lead, they will come away from spending time with you feeling like they can do anything. And so because of that, you're going to build a great team of leaders and you're going to build something great for God. And I feel like the Lord's saying that you're going at the call. So, amen. Amen. Oh, um, yeah, Royden, Royden, I just see two barrels of oil. I feel like the Lord's saying He's going to continue to fill, that you're going to continue to pour out, that you're going to irrigate a, a wide, a wide area. Um, yeah, Regan, where did you end up going off to? There you are. Yeah, I thought so. Um, I feel like the Lord's saying that you've already overcome, that you have won the battles. Solomon built... Uh, 200 shields all, all in a row in his, in his forest palace and, uh, and you've already won 200 battles I feel like the Lord's saying that you stand on solid ground and that you have won and that you're victorious right now <clears throat> it was our, uh, Rachel which has she gone oh, I'll save that one um, yeah, Deborah, you already have um, a ministry that has touched so many already so far, and I feel like you are the gift, and that you are, it's like, um, Lord, I want a prophecy, people say, but I feel like you are the prophecy, like you, what is happening in and through your life is what God's saying. And I feel like the Lord is going to reveal Himself through you. And as you stand on His Word, as you stand in faith, that you're going to see amazing things happen around you, flourishing, flourishing things. Yeah, just in the, um, the pink, pink beanie hat, um, I, I saw the, um, a Rubik's Cube and, and the, the sides were getting right. The yellows came together, the reds, the blues, the greens, oranges, and, and everything came together. And I saw the Lord's going to make sense of it all. And I saw the, the gifts, also the multifaceted nature of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit working in and around you. And I see you flowing in the gifts, in the gifts of the Spirit, but just realize that He is aligning and straightening things right now. Don't try and understand, don't try and work out, because you're going to find in a very short space of time that it's all going to be, oh, yep, okay, I can see it all now. <laughs> uh, Jesus. Yeah, just on the end, uh, Third row back, blonde here. Yeah. Um, yeah, a confidence in, in faith. I see you standing in faith. I see you saying calm to the storm, not just for yourself, not just for the environment around you, but in other people's lives. I see you doing that at a distance. I see people calling you on the phone 
and you praying for them on the phone, you prophesying, declaring through the phone and it goes a long way. I see your voice carrying, travelling, going far. I see your influence spreading out. Thank you, Jesus. And for each person here tonight, I felt that um, for some, you feel like you're on a, on a tightrope or it's on a, a swaying bridge, even a paper thin bridge. But I feel like the Lord's saying tonight that you're on the most solid platform that you could ever be on. And so trust in the Lord. I saw each one of us climbing tonight as we were in worship. There was, as Brendan was um, on the drums, on the box, I mean, I love it when Brendan's on this. It's so good. And I just found us going higher and higher and higher. We are on the most solid foundation. Put your trust in the Lord. Put your trust in the Lord. And then, um, yeah, sir, for you in the, the black um, with the zip in the middle. Yeah, I just, um, yeah, even as I was, um, even as I was watching All Blacks last night, like it was like very, very, tight, precise, just um, speed and, and everything worked here. I felt like that you're going to operate in this kind of high level where people around you are going to be amazed. It'll be the, the Spirit and you together. You're in the Spirit, the Spirit and you. And I see you making things work, but I see you operating in such a way that it leaves everybody else in the dust. But it's for the glory of God. It's for His glory. The Lord's going to elevate you and He's going to elevate you because you know how to hand the glory over. It's like people are going to hand crowns to you, but they're not even going to get close to your head because you're just going to take them, keep them at a distance and throw them at the feet of Jesus. Yeah, it's good. I love church. Uh, we'll try ch- people on this side. I love church. Yeah. We've been singing about heaven tonight. And God is wanting us to learn to relate to heaven through heaven and not through earth. Because it doesn't work if you do heaven interpreted through earth. It just doesn't. I've had the privilege of one time being in the outskirts of heaven when I was kicked with a horse and killed and had to do CPR, whatever that is. I got to the outskirts and that was when there was a voice, you've got to go back. It was like, Oh, wow. The second time was he actually took me. And that's when <sighs> I saw when people say, did you see the cows? Listen, I was on the farm. There wasn't cows I was worried about, it was this glory. It was the fact that just over there was this light unapproachable and it was the throne. And there was, and by the way, it was really noisy, so get ready for it. And, 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 and then, with the most amazing voice I've ever heard that had every contrast that as humans we could try to put, 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 put. We, we, we contrast everything. But And so I came back because he said I had to. Thank you, Lewis. I want to just briefly speak tonight before we, 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 we. 
I want to speak about the glory journey. The glory journey. Oh, yeah. It seems like we're going to have a, a normal church tonight. During the worship, I went, oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> for, for, for people who are not used to seeing preachers like me, welcome to Real Church. I mean, preachers looking like they're starch walking around is, is, is not normal church. <sighs> Someone said to me a little while ago, you're supposed to be dignified. I am dignified. Just depends whose dictionary you're using. God is, God, 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 yeah, God. He's causing the message about glory to be, to be spoken of all over the world. You know, there's so many songs which have been written about glory and will continue. And, 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 and glory has a lot of different components when we talk about glory and I won't have time to go into that. We'll be here till 2.30 in the morning. But uh, one of the things is that glory has the meaning of the word is, is weight, is, is weight. And, and that's what comes on me sometimes. Ross, could you come and read my notes, please? Glasses make much difference. <laughs> Is that one. That one there? Glory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Glory <laughs> is the end time move of God. Yes. Very misty in here. <laughs> it is the it is the It is the culmination of, uh, of every unfolding there has been in 2,000 years. Hey, Michael, do you want to come? Are you doing all right? I am. Good. He's you doing a good job, isn't he? Do you want your microphone back? Thank you. You're welcome. <clears throat> Habakkuk said the earth will be filled. Not there will just be a little bit around. The earth will be filled. Let's get a revelation of that. The earth will be filled. The earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. It's not just a little bit of a... The earth shall be filled. That means there's no room for anything else. It means the devil's time is limited. He, he's, on a, he's on a hiding to nothing. Why? Because God's people are rising up in authority. They're rising up in power. They're rising up to move in the authority over every snake and scorpion and all the... Oh, 
over all the power of the enemy. The earth shall be filled. Isaiah says about in heaven, they're declaring right now, they're declaring, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. You and I might not see it to our earthly eyes, but heaven does. And we have to learn to see things the way heaven has seen it and start to speak what heaven is saying. And guess what will happen? Because God has given us a tongue that has created power. He's given us a tongue that we can speak things into being, that you and I have authority here on earth to be able to say, the earth is filled with the glory of the Lord. No Christian should be talking about the, 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 the rubbish that's going on. We need to be talking about the glory of God. They need to be talking about the glory of God. Don't give the devil space. Give him, give God the glory. the apostle, the, 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 the apostle Paul had an encounter with Jesus. And out of that encounter, he gives us perspective, clear perspective. Out of an encounter with Jesus, he said, what I'm sharing with you, I got directly from Jesus. And so he says in 2 Corinthians, writing to a revival church, writing to a church that in the face of immorality, in the face of people who didn't know what gender they're on, this is not new on earth. In Corinth, they had the same problem because they've been listening to too much demonic stuff. Clunk, it went in the atmosphere. Come on, we're Christians. And suddenly the Holy Ghost started to move and suddenly a revival like, um, unimaginable breaks out and He writes to us. And we all, thank you, Sebastian, And we all, come on now, folks, we all, we've got, we either put ourselves in the all or we take ourselves out of the all. We all, with unveiled faces, contemplate the Lord's glory, or some translations, we behold, like in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into His image. With ever increasing glory, oh, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. This 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 is a great revelation that Paul gives us, which he received straight from God. In other words, this is God's perspective, not ours. But there's a glory progression he speaks of. There's a glory perspective. There's a glory perspective. Whoa. You're, you're okay, Sebastian. I'm only, I'm only 75 kgs. Oh, that's fine. Plus one or two. What is Paul saying? He's saying that increasing glory comes from having our faces unveiled. 
That's the first point, to make sure that our faces are not veiled. Oh! What is he talking about? He's talking about the story of Moses who had this encounter with God and his face became so radiant that humans found it intimidating. And they said, that's just too much, too much. Dial it down, Moses. And he said, I'm not going to dial it down. So they said, right, then you're going to have to wear this. And they put a natural covering on his face so that, whoa. We have a slight problem. You're not going to be able to do this. (laughs) Just as well. This is not a problem, Houston. (laughs) No, so Moses. He had this veil on his face. But whenever he just forgot about the people and went to have his time with God, what was the first thing he did? He took off the veil that humans tried to put on him. And what does Paul say? Knowing all this, we with unveiled faces. You see, the glory of God is always intimidating to the flesh. It's always intimidating to human understanding. It's always intimidating to the world. And if our thinking is shaped by the world, the glory of God is going to be intimidating to us. But when our thinking is shaped by the anointing, it's going to be something we go, I cannot live without this. Whoa. Humans still try to dial down the glory and they demand a veil, so to speak. And it's sad to say that this happens in Christian churches around the world and even leaders. Oh, the parallel is just frightening. What happens? People pray. God moves. A dimension of God's glory, His presence, is Him comes. The Holy Spirit starts to move powerfully. And suddenly people go, oh no. And the reference point becomes what people understand and not what God understands. But what does the oldest book of the Bible, Job, say? It is the breath of God, the breath of the Almighty that brings understanding. And that's one of the names of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that will give you understanding concerning the times. Not the intellect, not Google, not Twitter or any other stupid thing. It's going to be the reality of the presence of God that comes when we yield ourselves. The biggest problem in Christianity is people learning how to yield to the Holy Spirit. Clunk. That is the biggest problem because people are trying to shape the Holy Spirit around them. No, we've got to learn to adjust to the Spirit instead of trying to get the Spirit to adjust to us. Well, the confrontive moving of the Spirit will always offend the soul. Because the soul wants control. I can get up now. We believe in resurrection. (laughs) He's going to hold that right there. That's good. We love to quote what Paul wrote to Timothy. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love. And a power. And you know what the best translation of the rest of it is? You will hear different things. Self-control, different. Soul control. He's given us the anointing that can tell the soul, get into line with the Spirit. Let the Spirit lead you instead of your emotions and your feelings and your everything else. Hamakashiyapurunda. And so the reality is this, all can and uh, all should. I love that word all. 
Oh, I'll just try church this side, Lewis. I love that word all. It is confrontive because sometimes people go, so what about this and what about that? Well, what about it? I mean, let's face it, the things most humans hang on to is what got them into problems in the first place. And so why do you hang on to what got you into trouble? All can and all should have their faces radiant with the glory of God. David gives us this glorious message, this phenomenal message. That's a word I can't spell. Psalm 34. Oh, here we go. I've got to have this. We've been doing it today. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together. Oh, yeah. Oh, magnify the Lord. We used to sing it and sing it and the glory would come down. Ooh. That was nearly awkward. (laughs) Caleb's word last week. I sought the Lord and He heard me and He delivered me from all my fears. What happens is people have a fear of what other people can think. Oh, what are they going to think about me if I just yield to the Spirit? Someone said to me in Auckland recently, they said, you don't think, you don't care one bit what we're thinking about you, do you? I went, why should I? You're not important enough. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Because there's one who's more important. There's one who's more important. Hi, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, the, and it goes on to say, they looked to Him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. We can read this two ways. Shame is like a veil on our face, Scripture talks about. And as we look to Him, that shame can be taken away, that veil of shame. And there are many people who have a veil of shame because of what they've done in the past or how they've done this and the day. And it's like a veil can come on. Like, oh. well, well, that's easy fixed. That's easy fixed. But there is another part of this verse that I'm just particularly reading right now. We look to the Lord and we're not ashamed of Him. There are many Christians who become ashamed of Him. They're ashamed of the Holy Ghost. They're ashamed of what the Holy Ghost does. They're ashamed of the ministry of the Holy Ghost. And they go, oh, well, just dial it down. I have a word for that. I learned it in German. Dumm. (laughs) And if you want the English translation, stupid. Dare Christians be ashamed of what the Holy Ghost is doing? Someone said, you're a bit blunt. Absolutely. I don't do points. I'm just blunt. What does Paul write to the Romans? I am not ashamed of the Gospel of Christ. You can read it. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. We read that, but the word Christ is a transliteration. That's a nice big word. It literally means that a Greek word was taken straight and put into English because they didn't want to translate it into English. The word Christ in Greek means the anointing. And what is Paul saying to them? I am not ashamed of the good news. That's what the word gospel means. I am not ashamed of the good news of the anointing because it, the anointing, is the power of God that brings salvation and changes everything and brings the goodness of God because we're not ashamed of the anointing. We're not ashamed of the anointing. We're not ashamed of the anointing. That means people fall over. We're not ashamed of the anointing that people cry. We're not ashamed of the anointing that people start laughing in the middle of church. We're not ashamed of the anointing that brings healings. And we're not ashamed of the anointing. And Christians need to rise up and start being proud of the anointing. Start to be proud. Whoa. (laughs) 
Whoa, good job. Paul was saying, I'm not ashamed of the anointing. Why has the church not seen the power of God? Because they've been ashamed of the anointing. Oh, So Paul is writing and saying, by being unashamed of the ministry of the Holy Spirit, with all the, its diversity and all the disruption it brings, we can reflect the glory of God ha! Whoa, into our world. Like a mirror. The picture is like the sun and the moon. The moon is not the source of light. But how many have been up in the middle of the night when there's a lot of light coming from the moon? Ah. And so when you go to work, when you go to university, when you go to high school, and when you go anywhere, you can be like that mirror that's just bringing light where there is darkness. Oh, I've gone to some places and people have said to me, oh, did you feel the darkness in our town? I went, are you kidding me? Why focus? Because I love science. And all that science taught me was that darkness is only the absence of light. So if you're feeling that there's darkness in your town, it's because you're not reflecting the glory of God. Wake up. Let the lift go to the top floor. You and I are called to be the people who love the anointing and let our lives radiate the goodness of God wherever you go. I love that I'm hearing more and more stories about, because I've been telling the stories of how Debbie and I would sit and have a coffee and people suddenly just come to us the next one. It's so cool. And some other people are starting to, you know what? It's starting to happen to me. That's good. <laughs> Just imagine the whole of the Wellington region that the Christians are sitting there and suddenly all the people oppressed by the devil come out. <laughs> by the way, it's in the Bible as well. <laughs> it's, it's quite biblical. So as we gaze on him. Others see His glory at work through us. They'll see His healing. They'll see His miracles. They'll see His baptisms, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of fire. I believe some people tonight are going to have a baptism of fire. Whoa! How hot can you be? I don't know. Science has taught us how cold you can get. The Kelvin scale down at minus 273 degrees when all things stop. But they have not been able to find how hot hot is. Because the more they find, suddenly it's hotter. They'll find something hotter. Why? Because God is indefinable and He's the God who defines Himself as fire. And so therefore, we're never going to be able to measure the fire of God. It's something containable, not containable, immeasurable. My England is really good. (laughs) In, in, In just a moment, we're going to stand up and we're going to, well, sort of. I love my son-in-laws. They're so kind to me. <laughs> so how, how, how does this all happen? Paul says, as we passionately pursue the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Not accidentally, passionately. Pursue. There is an ever-increasing glory available to us. What does that mean? That means the overflowing, glory is the overflowing demonstration in our world 
of God's goodness and His mercy. When Moses said, show me your glory, it was like, I'm going to show you my goodness and I'm going to show you my mercy. It's the goodness of God that brings people to repentance. You can have programs, you can have all sorts of stuff. But what man can do with all his skills and everything else is not going to bring the glory of God. You see, the reality is, it's not our skills that will bring the glory, it's our character. Because character is what we call in natural language, what the Bible calls the gift, the fruit of the Spirit. And in today's world, you're hearing a lot of language about gifts and gifts and gifts, but you're not hearing about the fruit, the fruit, the fruit. It's the fruit of the Spirit that we need because that's the character and it's character that will carry the glory. And that's why character comes under assail and people start complaining when you go, oh, but what about character? When I was employing people both in the natural and in the spiritual zones of my life, the first thing I looked for was character. You can teach skills. But you can't teach character because character comes by learning how to less of me and more of God. When people self-promote, it's like, really? And people would say to me, I'm anointed. Yes, I was a donkey. (laughs) What a qualification. What did Paul say? We need the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Some of you have seen me do this before, but I really suddenly feel like some of you haven't and you need to see this. Peter, come and help me, please. we just come over here, Lewis. Don't run away, Lewis. I need you. Hello. We're going to demonstrate fellowship, okay? Are you with me? Look at me. You may not be helpful. Are we going to demonstrate fellowship, okay? You got this? I say, no, 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 come on. (laughs) Oi, you're supposed to look at me. Yeah, I am. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Pisa. Let's have some fellowship. Yeah. We're going to walk down there. (laughs) Maybe. Let's go. He's ignoring me, so I'll ignore him. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you got this. Oh, thanks for the fellowship, bro. No worries. Yeah. So good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheers. What? That was good fellowship, eh? No, it wasn't. Come back. Uh, Please. Now let's have some fellowship. Okay. Hey, Peter. You know what? God's moving on the earth, eh? Amen. Amen. Hey, you know what? He talks to us. He sometimes wakes us up at four o'clock in the morning. And then take us to. It's so. Ooh. You want to know what fellowship is? That. <laughs> oh, do you want to get up? Not really. I'm okay. enjoying this. <laughs> this is called leading from the floor.
The first time was proximity. We were in the same proximity. But it wasn't fellowship. There are many people are in the proximity of the Holy Spirit, but they're not having fellowship with the Holy Spirit. You might be here tonight and you're in the proximity of the Holy Spirit. But the question is, are you going to have fellowship with the Holy Spirit? Not just in this moment, but tomorrow and the next day and the next day. Because He wants to have fellowship with us. Fellowship is the giving and receiving of communication of love and talking about who God is. And it means, Paul says, not only should we have fellowship, but we have to let the Holy Spirit navigate our lives. In other words, we have to keep in step with the Spirit. When He says keep in step with the Spirit, the Spirit is setting the pace, not us. The people who discovered New Zealand, they navigated by the stars, the Maoris and the Europeans. We cannot navigate our lives by shooting stars. Something that appears and suddenly, oh, what was that? That's called the whims of doctrine. That's called just the things that come and go. Don't navigate your life by the things which just come and go. Navigate your life by the Holy Spirit and let Him navigate you because He is eternal. He is eternal. I'll just say it again. He is eternal. Paul says we're not to substitute human endeavour for the work of the Spirit. He spoke to the Galatians, are you so foolish that after beginning by the means of the Spirit, we're born again by the Spirit. We should never forget that. Jesus saved us from the penalty of sin, but the Holy Spirit caused us to be born again. Having begun by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? In other words, what human endeavour can do. The atmosphere, the, the manifest presence of God brings an atmosphere that no human technology or skill can. We develop deep love for the presence of God simply by spending time with Him. That was nearly awkward. Just as well, God's the God of miracles if I squash you, Sebastian. <laughs> when we give God time, He teaches us to hunger for Him. We learn to carry the presence of God into our churches, into our homes, into our workplaces. The Ark of Moses' tabernacle, the Ark, was transported on the shoulders of people, of men, of priests, alone. God ordained it. That's the way it was. The ark was the ark of His presence. It was the manifestation of His presence, so to speak. And that was the law. The ark was not to be transported and dragged along by oxen or donkeys. or It was carried by humans, chosen men. People ordained by God, priests. You and I have been chosen to be the priests of God. That's the essence of the Reformation. We have been chosen by God to carry the presence of the Lord into our society, into our world, into wherever we go. You and I are called. And so for that, we do need the ongoing fellowship of the Holy Spirit and so tonight, in a fresh way, there is a call. Let us accept the call to deny ourselves. In other words, just the simple human desires, put them second and accept the priestly call to keep looking unto Jesus, being unashamed of the anointing. I'll try church on this side. Being unashamed of the anointing. I'll try church in the middle. Being unashamed of the anointing. 
I'll try church on the side. Being unashamed of the anointing. Will it, conf- will it confront us? Of course it will. That's the beauty of it. And then we will see ever increasing glory. Ever increasing glory. You see, there's some of us have been on this journey a long time, but the journey hasn't finished. There's a journey, there's a glory journey that we've been invited into. I can tell you stories of glory. I can tell you stories of being transfixed in the presence. I can tell you stories. And I really feel there's some of it's here tonight where, where it's like there's a, a portal opens up. And anyone who walks into that spot in the room, suddenly it's just like. And that's going to happen more and more. And you say, well, how does that work? Because God's God. You say it doesn't make sense. Of course it doesn't. It's not supposed to. I, I love the fact that God's given me a wonderful ministry to comfort the distressed and to distress the comfortable. You can decide which one you are. By the way, the word comfort in Scripture is not make you feel better. The word comfort in Scripture is translated and it literally in its original meaning means put strength into you. That's why we have fortresses, a strong place. That's why to fortify something means make it stronger. And the Holy Spirit is the one who is our strengthener and He makes us strong. So when the world says you're nuts, you go, Really? It used to be funny when I was in, went into the factory, over 400 people, and I was the only known Christian. And people would start swearing at me. And it was so funny, I'd laugh at them and say, is that the best you can do? Come on. Because they were trying to mock me. Is that, is that the best you can do? Ah! I wasn't intimidated. A few years ago, there was... Uh, but the problems with the car parking and the guys who were doing it, as some of you know, on that side over there, there's um, it's just part of the legal procedures of us get, getting this this land. And so, the a car had been clamped, and the man who was doing it at that stage, he he rings me up and says, "Seth, are you around?" I said, "Yeah." He said, "Look, you know, normally I just deal with it, but this is a." Do you mind coming over? So I went over and here's a guy with a power dressed and, and his son had been in the gym and came out and it was in a Hope Centre at all times, keep clear, park. And he starts swearing at me. I mean, I just love that. I thought in the moment he started swearing, I knew I was going to win this one. And he's there and he goes, you know, I thought you were Christians. I said, we are. I said, that's why it's there. And he went, what do you mean? I said, we're protecting the rights of the people who own this property. I said, sir, your problem is not with me. His son was in Hibbs uniform, Huttington International, you know, the one you pay mega bucks to send your boy to. I said, your problem, my, your problem is not with me, it's with the principal of Hibbs. Well, how do you mean? Well, obviously your son can't read. So, so don't, don't talk to me. I said, don't talk to the principal. You're paying megabucks and he can't read. I said, it's very clear there. Hope Centre only at all times. And so he turned to his son, well, did you see that? I said, he said, yeah. I said, see? He, he obviously doesn't have comprehension either. Talk to the principal. <laughs> don't swear at me. And by the way, I've never sworn at you. So what? Think? why do you think you've got right to swear at me? I mean, why do Christians let people swear at them without challenging them? 
It was so good when I was in senior management that then they start to swear at me and the boss would know what was going to come because just when they're in full flight, always wait till they're in full flight. <laughs> and then I'd turn to the production guys, who gave you the right to swear at me? I've never sworn at you. And the boss would close the meeting and say, Seth, wait behind. He said, Seth, you're always going to win that one. I don't have a problem with winning. <laughs> Because we do not fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. It's not humans. It's the Spirit that's driving it. And we've got to learn to let them know they're not the boss. That we have an authority they don't have. We are all chosen to be the priests unto God. And the function of priests is to minister to God. Let's stand if we can. Could the prayer ministry team come out and just come around here? We're going to have a, a fire tunnel. It's going to get fiery. So you don't need to pack up all the seats and just push the front seat back a bit. The prayer ministry team, come please. Holy Spirit. Ross, you might want to get one or two more people, please. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are wanting to anoint us like you anointed Jesus above his fellows. There is a, a baptism of fire that we have yet to fully experience. There is a priestly ministry to minister to God in our world. And so come Holy Spirit in a fresh way. Yeah. My legs aren't going to work, so... Where's Ross disappeared? <laughs> okay, we'll just deal right now with the Holy Spirit. <sighs> Mike, can you come here, please? No, 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 I'm serious. Can you just lay hands on all their hands for fire? You talked about it before, so come on. Just lay hands on their hands as you just go down the line. Yeah, because, I mean, it's good to know that the anointing is upon them. Uh, uh. Ian, you might have to help Mike. Lewis is fully occupied. Yeah. Top quality presents. Yeah, we have. So what's going to happen is you're going to come down from the, the end, like down there and come towards me and just keep moving. Now what happens is, I don't know, but some are going to experience joy. Some are going to start to cry. Some will just fall over. That's fine. Some will just come through. And, it's, and some have even said, I didn't feel anything. Well, that's okay. You received it. The important thing is never to walk away saying, I got nothing. That's a lie. You received an encounter with the fire of God tonight. And some of you are going to get like telegraph anointing. In other words, you'll get it when you receive it, whether that's two o'clock in the morning or whatever. And come Holy Spirit. Thank you. 